Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. If you're loving this podcast, we invite you to go deeper and partner with us in our work by joining the Gravity Commons, our online community of practice for connecting and learning together. As a member of the Gravity Commons, you get access to live podcast recordings with upcoming guests, as well as other opportunities to connect and learn together with us in real time. Including learning labs, member meetups, discussion boards, online courses, and our practitioner podcasts. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons to find out more. See you in the commons. Hey, Matt. What? Christy. Yes? Hey. Guys. No. Guess what day it is. Uh, Guess what day it is. Friday. It's. It's, well, it is Friday as we are recording this. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. This episode is going to be released as this episode will be released. Guess what day that is. Tuesday? Like every Tuesday? Tuesday. Same Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, like every Tuesday. Tuesday, Tap July Tuesday. 26th, which is also book launch day. Oh, hey. Woo-hoo. Yeah, which book? Yeah. If I had some celebrating noises, actually I do, but I don't remember what button to push, so we might get into trouble with my buttons. If I try. Okay, well. we're encouraging all listeners. Oh, hey, that one's fun. Oh. Yeah. Happy. Oh, book yeah, which day? With every purchase of every book, you get a genie. Mm-hmm. A genie that will grant you one wish. <laughs> oh, no, it's a oh, creepy genie. Sorry. Creepy. I'm going to stop playing with these <laughs> now. Scary genie. Bad. They're all bad. Um, yeah, but it is, though. It's book launch day. Uh, it's July 26th. Our book is out officially in the world. I know a lot of people who pre-ordered it uh, got an early copy, and so people have been reading it and following along with this series, and we're really, really grateful for all of that. Yep. That's but we're me. excited. That's me. I pre-ordered... I yeah. pre-read. I was like, woohoo! Pre-ordered, pre-read. Yep, yep. So yeah. good. Christy, you are like the, the super fan uh, of this book. We, I we am. appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody who's been, yeah, following this mm-hmm. this whole uh, journey, this saga. Our, our um, series here is about halfway over. Today we're talking about Axiom 5, uh, right in the middle, kind of smack dab in the middle of the book. Yeah. Love and, it. Uh, but yeah, 
book launch day as well. So uh, just a couple uh, housekeeping things uh, before yes. we dive in to this episode. One, uh, if you haven't ordered the book, we would uh, love it if you did. Yeah. So you can order that from uh, Amazon or IVP, wherever books are sold. Um, and uh, if you would, one of the other things about uh, getting a book out into the world, so we hear, is that the Amazon algorithms um, can be helpful uh, in recommending the book to others if we get, um, I don't know, a few reviews in this first week. So if you have read the book, if you uh, enjoyed the book, uh, we'd love it if you went over to Amazon and gave us a review yes. uh, of the book. That would be helpful to us. We're looking for like, uh, we're trying to get to 300. Is that what we're trying to get to? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but reviews. I think the goal is more like, th- yeah. I think the goal is more like reviews. 30 reviews in the first week. Oh. So. Six stars. Six, yeah, yeah. Give us six stars <laughs> to wait, uh, mm-hmm. um, to wait the average. That's kind of like, uh, what, what do they do in high schools now where like you take the college course and it's like a weighted GPA, oh, yeah. right? You yeah, can get more than, than a 4.0. 4. 4. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway, you, you could so give us more than a five point five stars. That'd be great too, if the, if Amazon allows. Speaking of uh, our book, we're doing another axiom yeah. here today. We are doing another axiom. We're marching on through the through the book. Mm-hmm. We're chatting with Christy and with Gino uh, about each of these axioms and kind of how they've lived themselves out in uh, G- especially Gino and Christy's life. What questions they have, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Axiom 5 is um, that God cares about all of it more than we do. Mm-hmm. God cares about all of it more than we do. Um, yeah, this was an interesting chapter to write. Because a lot of these axioms, um, they kind of overlap, and they interlock, and they intersect with each other, right? They're not like discrete buckets of information that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. So, you know, God caring about it, all of it more than we do is you know, is maybe an implication of God being like Jesus. Um, it, it's an implication of God always being present and at work. But um, it felt like an important axiom to name, I think, in the way that we name it because of, I think, some of, some of what we've seen in our, um, in our lives and then in the lives of the people that we disciple and coach is just that there is sometimes an assumption that we have, and we hear it in the way that we pray sometimes, for example, that I have to convince God Mm -hmm. to care about little old me. Uh, I have to convince God to care about uh, the issues that I'm having or the the things that make me anxious or afraid or excited. Um, And it's just, there's a lot of freedom, I think, that comes when we can just relax and know that God cares uh, more than we do uh, about that. But it also brings up questions, right? It's like, well, if God cares more about it more more than I do, then why... (laughs) <laughs> then why is it happening still, or uh, why is it, why aren't better things happening? Um, so anyway, I think that's what made it a little bit tricky to write. Yeah, uh, this chapter. You know, I work with a lot of college students, and I think mm. that the question of does God care is a bigger yeah. question in their hearts than um, than a lot of other questions, like than questions about is God sovereign or you know those types of. I don't know. I just think they want to yeah. really know that. There's a God out there who uh, really cares about what's going on in their lives. So it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, should we, <laughs> should we get in? We got to dive in. I think Not we dive can. In. I think we, we can gotta, dive in. We got to giddy up. Giddy up. Christy's, we got to uh, start dancing. You can tell Christy's been swimming with her kids this week. 
She's like, yeah, <laughs> no, Christy's you told me I needed up. like <laughs> other statements that Stephen Curtis Chapman said yeah, in his songs. We, yeah, we should have looked up more lyrics I really uh, from have. Stephen Curtis oh, Chapman. Oh, they just live I'm in my vacation. body. These, yeah. <laughs> well, the one that the one that's a very available to me is "Saddle Up Your Horses." Yeah, we got a trailer place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway. Wow. I got I got uh, six kids behind the door there waiting. Like, Mom, oh, when are we going swimming? Mom, Mom. Okay, I'm like, yeah, give me yeah. give me just a few minutes. Give me a few <laughs> minutes. I gotta record a podcast episode. Yeah. Well, Christy, we we do appreciate you uh, being able to take some time away from your vacation uh to be able to record this with us. Yeah. Um this is an exciting day. We're really excited about our book launch. And again, uh listeners, um if you haven't ordered the book, please do so. That helps us out. And uh leave us a review at Amazon. And uh, let's, you know, let's get this stuff out into the world. All right. So, yeah. And let's, uh, let's get on to Axiom 5 here. God cares about all of it more than we do. Hey, okay. Here we go. Giddy up. Settle up. Everybody, welcome to uh, Axiom Five in our series on uh, the new book, "Having the Mind of Christ: Eight Axioms to Cultivate uh, Cultivate <laughs> a Robust Faith, um, a More Resilient Faith." Hmm. Um, we are back uh, once again with Gino Kirkarudo and Christy Penley, and Matt Tebby's here as well. Hey, everybody, how's everybody, how's everybody doing? We doing all right today? Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm doing great. Yeah. All right. Well, good. We are uh, moving on from um, axioms one through four uh, into axiom five. We've, we've mentioned this uh, previously, but these axioms um, kind of build on one another. They overlap with one another. Um, they aren't necessarily uh, discrete sort of buckets of information, but rather they are overlapping, uh, interlocking uh, phrases, statements, axioms, memes, if you will, that give us access to new paradigms about who God is, about how God works in the world, about what's going on in our lives, in and through our lives. So maybe just by way of review, it might be helpful. Um, some of you have been hanging out with us for this whole series, but maybe some listeners are just joining us today. The first axiom is that God is love, and so it's all about love. Axiom two is that God is always present and at work. Axiom three is that God is just like Jesus. And last week we talked about axiom four, that God meets us in our messy reality. And today we talk about another implication of kind of the, um, I don't know, the collected uh, feeling of those first four axioms also leads us to say in axiom five that God cares about all of it more than we do. God cares about all of it more than we do. Um, and this, uh, I think this phrasing uh, comes, from, comes from the fact that I, um, one, of the, one of the things that I notice about my life um, is that I, I used to pray as if I had to convince God to get on board with what I wanted to see happen, <laughs> right? I used, to, uh, I used to assume that um, the things that I cared about uh, were things that either God didn't care about or that I had to convince God to care about. And so um, this axiom for me has been um, a balm um, that allows me to rest in the fact that whatever I am concerned about in my life, whatever I am distressed about or care about, um, that God 
God shares that, but also um, cares about those things even more than I do, uh, because my care for those things is just a you know a sliver uh, of God's care. So, um, Gino and Christy, I wonder if we can start our discussion with this question um, for you: like, how has this axiom proven true in your life? Uh, in what ways has this been helpful for you? I want to actually ask a yeah, question first. I, um, the first thing that comes to mind when I... Go ahead. Sorry, Gino. <laughs> um, I just want to ask a question first because I'm right. wondering if some of our listeners are hearing this and then saying, okay, God cares about it more than I do. I'm not even sure that God cares about it a little bit. Um, and that's just been my experience mm-hmm. as I've talked to different friends or families or people in my neighborhood. Um, I just recently, uh, a mm-hmm. pretty tragic event happened six months ago with some kids in our neighborhood and, and, and two kids passed away and then mm-hmm. um, heard this week that one of those kids' parents passed away. And, and just talking to my neighbors and talking to people – I mean, their idea is, I don't think God even cares. Where, like, where is he? What's happening? And so hmm. I'm, before we even dive yeah. in, I'm curious if you can just address the, the question that maybe many of us have have is when there's a death, when there's a tragedy, when there's a global pandemic, when there's, uh, you know, I, fill in the blank with what's going on in your life mm. that feels so important and really hard what do you say to that? I mean, all three of you are pastors, and so I know you don't just give pat answers. I know that you are meeting people with where they are, but what would you say to to my friend of, I don't even know if God cares at all? Yeah. Well, yeah, Christy, um, thanks for starting with the hardest question possible. <laughs> um, that's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'm here for. No. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll then I can yeah. take this one, okay, all real right. quick. Christy, yeah. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Next oh, question. No. Yeah, just some good spirit, good old spiritual uh, bypassing. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You just gotta uh, trust God more. Oof. You just got harder. Oof. Go harder. Um, <laughs> harder. Go harder. Uh, so, Christy, I as you're talking, I think there's two issues here. One is is that we've believed that God's care will look a certain way. And two is that somehow we've missed one of the archetypal, regular, consistent experiences in Scripture is, is, two, is twofold. Is one, people, not, people thinking God doesn't care, and two, people experiencing God's care in surprising ways. Um, so, I, you know, I'm just thinking through, like, the story of Israel and years and years of exile, or um, Hagar, the first person who names God. Um, names him, you are the God who sees me. But the reason she names him that is because she spent years thinking that God doesn't care. Um, I, I think of Eve in the garden, uh, you know, we often we often talk about that temptation to eat the fruit um, in various ways, but one of the ways to describe it is essentially Eve thought, God doesn't care about me. And so, I, 
I want to maybe just say without dismissing, you know, are, are your kids struggling at school and getting bullied? Do you just have a diagnosis that is, uh, you know, fatal or terminal? Um, do you have a parent or a sibling that um, you've prayed for for years to come to faith or um, get help with an addiction or cure a mental illness and, and nothing has happened? Yeah, have you been hurt in a church by a pastor or a youth or leader or somebody that the church didn't do anything about and now you can't even drive past a church without getting triggered, like all of that's real and all of it's awful. And um, this axiom isn't, you know, I make, I make a joke because this axiom, we want it to be an anti-bypassing axiom in the sense that um, I think too often we have, we have just assumed or told ourselves explicitly that God's care will look like controlling things and making them perfect. And we have story after story in Scripture where that's just not, we don't see that happening. Um, we, don't, we don't see that actually taking place. There's, in fact, there's entire books that are written to sort of, uh, in the Hebrew mind, like the book of Job, for instance, to dialogue about, um, to dialogue with this notion that if you do good things, then God will take care of you. Yeah. Um. So I guess I guess I just want to say that the feeling like God doesn't care is biblical. <laughs> and 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 so if you feel like that, you come from a long line of people who feel like God doesn't care. And the second thing is that care often looks differently than we'd want it to be and would would be if we were God, we might care, we might think we would care differently. But care often comes in surprising ways. Um, so those are the two responses I have, Christy. And do those feel respectful? Do they feel That's like, good. do they feel respectful? I, I'm trying not to dismiss or belittle tragedy because I think that is, I mean, you can't, it's real. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think we have to name, um, God's care looks different. I think that's really good. And actually, uh, what well, we can talk about this later, but the, the exercise at the end of this chapter I think is really powerful. And I know I'm kind of skipping to the end, but it's probably good to name here. But, um, you know, when we're feeling that way, when we feel like, God, I don't, I don't see you working the way that I want you to work, or I don't feel like you care. Maybe the prayer isn't, God, do you care? But maybe, you know, sitting in God, I believe you care more about this than I do. Show me how you're at work. And just that that switch of a prayer, uh, I think, tunes our hearts um, and names how we're feeling as well. And so I think that that's just a good exercise. I've done it. I think it's a good exercise um, and helps us out. Yeah. Yeah. Ben or Gina, what do you think about Christy's question? Yeah, yes. I think that um, there he is. Good. <laughs> Sorry guys, ahead, I just I just realized I had this great response to Christy, but my mic was muted the whole time. So anyway, um, I I don't just remember what I said. Just shooting bullets into the ground, Ben Sturkey. Yep, yep, yeah. The best like, sound bites like, you'll never hear. I was hear a little them. confused because uh, you interrupted me, Matt, and I was like, "Wait, am I? What's happening? Oh, I'm, I muted my mic." So 
Um, <laughs> yes, Christy, I was, here's what I was, here's what I was trying to say to y'all. Uh, Christy, my, uh, that prayer, that reframing that you just articulated has been one of the key aspects of this axiom for me yeah. that I realize yeah. that I do assume that God's care, if God cared, well, certainly X, Y, or Z would be happening. And um, I did think of the exercise that we put at the end of this chapter, which is to sort of put yourself in the position of Mary and Martha, whose brother had just died, mm-hmm. right? And they both have—they both say the exact same thing to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so into that, you can read, if you really cared as much as mm-hmm. I do about my brother, like, you would have come earlier. That's what would have happened. Um, and so you, you know, th- this axiom is... As Matt said, it's not meant to it's not meant to sort of bypass those things, but it is meant to open us up to the possibility that that my assumptions about how God should be working in this situation or what God would be doing if God cared, if we can manage to just let go of those just a little bit and not just bypass the painful emotions, but bring them to God yes. in prayer like the Psalms help us to do, right? If we can actually bring those to God in prayer and pray these prayers that, you know, the psalmists have prayed, Mary and Martha prayed, the disciples after the crucifixion of Jesus, right? Like they were like, what in the world? Like this is not how we anticipated. Like the the people of God, like nobody, nobody guessed, nobody guessed, Mm -hmm. even though Jesus told them all, the disciples. But nobody guessed that the way that God was going to save the world was by a Jewish man dying on a cross and being raised from the dead. Like that, it just, just nobody, nobody predicted that, you know? And so God was at work, God has been at work, you know, saving the world through totally unexpected and, you know, in our eyes, crazy ways uh, since, since the beginning. Um, so anyway, so that, that prayer has been super helpful for me. What were you going to say, Gino? I, I want to cultivate the idea that, and the and the feeling that God's presence is good news in the sense. So I, I really agree <laughs> with all that that's been said, and that you know God God works maybe or is is doing something different than what we expect, and maybe can we? But I want to be. If we're talking pastorally, I'm, I'm I want to be sensitive yeah. for that, as Matt was and you were as well when Ben and how you shared that, and say like. Could it be good news that God is here and that some of the work that God is doing is maybe reframing how we might even think this mm-hmm. is th- what's happening here is, is good work for us. Um, it might be an alternative take on the, the book of Jonah, but I, I often, as I think mm-hmm. about that, uh, I find value in seeing how God is persistent with Jonah. He does everything in the way that, you know, as a church planter, you wouldn't want to have that attitude. You you share this horrible sermon and everyone comes to faith and you're like, man, in spite of, despite of me, look at what's happening. You're building a crowd, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like upset about it. But I think that God continually pursues Jonah. And I wonder, I think if we're supposed to be left with this thought of, is God's presence with Jonah in the midst of Jonah's rejection of wanting to be with God, running from God? Is that good news? And why, yeah. when and how might that be good news for us? So maybe in tragedy, all we have is, is it still good news that God's with me in this?
Hi, I'm Deb from Ormond Beach, Florida. One of the best gifts that I received for my journey through a Gravity Leadership cohort was a new perspective on flourishing in life and in ministry. I didn't realize how much of my discipleship was formed by call-out culture. My whole orientation was toward calling out what was wrong or sinful in the world, in my own life, and in the church. But gravity helped me see that Christ was always calling people in toward life and flourishing. And my cohort came to feel kind of like a community garden. We got to practice calling each other in to a deeper awareness of God's life, of His goodness and His love, and how it was bearing fruit in our lives. So if you're looking for a safe space to grow in your life with God and to practice your gardening skills in the life of others, I hope you'll check out the Gravity Leadership Academy. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. You know, the drama that drives the book of Job is if God cares about Job, then Mm. none of this would happen, but it's happening. So, does God care about Job? The drama that drives the book of Jonah is God certainly can't care for the Ninevites. And so, Jonah's going to be faithful. And in his faithfulness to assuming God doesn't care about somebody, he's proven to be wrong. And so, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, my mind is just going a mile a minute thinking through the scriptures about all the ways we get this, the assumptions about who God cares for and what that looks like wrong. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think this axiom then is not, not a call to bypass things or to put easy answers on things. It's just to say, look... This is a core misunderstanding that we have as human beings. What does God's care look like? Who is God's caring for? And how is he doing it? And I think if we can, if we can just exhale for a moment, yeah. open our hands and say, God, if I trusted that you cared about all this more than I did, where would I see that? Yeah. What would that look like? Where are you at work? Yeah. Yeah, I think about perception and capacity here. You know, what my perception on what care looks like and God's capacity to care for everything more than I do. And and I think those are the areas where I might be missing it is I misperceive what's happening or I I'm I misperceive even what God's capacity is. And so if if we if we have this sense like you are communicating in this chapter that God cares about everything then more than we do, and maybe that opens us up to the possibility that in these really difficult circumstances, God is mm-hmm. present and caring in ways that we yeah. might need or might have the opportunity to learn from, and also in the mundane things. Hmm. And so if I kind of return back, I don't want to like move away from this conversation because this conversation is <laughs> everything to me. I think it's really important. But I mean, your original question was was kind of like, I find it interesting that to me that the experiences that I that this brings up for me is mm-hmm. more the the ordinary stuff of life. Oh, interesting. And yeah. and and how God is shaping me to believe that he is present and caring about conflict that I have in mm-hmm. relationships with people because that's just part of life. Because I have a a virtual death grip on conflict wanting it resolved. <laughs> so that I don't have to feel the pain of conflict anymore than I do really about caring about how it's resolved, just that it would not be felt anymore. 
And God is like slowly going like, why don't you release your index finger and the other one, like take your grip off of this and recognize that I'm doing work in you on this. Yeah. Yeah, That's really good. Gino. I I think, you know, uh, Christy, I I was joking that you jumped, you know, straight to the, straight to the, the really hard question. Um, and, but I'm, I am glad you did, (laughs) but, uh, Gino, I'm glad you brought us back here as well, because this is, I think another reason, another way that this axiom works is, um, Yes, I mean, one on the one hand, to assure us of God's care in the midst of tragedy and and really really difficult you know circumstances and situations, and try to help us maintain uh, faith and allow us to grow in faith in those things. Um, but I think this is also this axiom also speaks to people like yourselves who want to learn how to live their everyday ordinary life in God, right? More consciously in God, at least, um, because I. I think you're right that a lot of us walk around with the assumption that that God is actually concerned about really big things, you know, like people who have really hard lives, God's helping them, or, you know, God cares about maybe the the person I'm going to marry or my job that I take. And so, like, I, I pray and I try to discern how God's at work in the midst of big life decisions, but how's God at work in just, like, normal conflict in my community? Well, you know, that's just this annoyance that we need to get over with as soon as possible. That's just a problem I need to fix, you know, ASAP. Um, but I think learning to, or even just like things that I enjoy, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, just, just little little things of, about life that, that are fun for me, you know, believing that God is mm-hmm. so, somehow present and at work and cares uh, about, of the, about the little things, uh, I think is really um, part of what this axiom is meant to to speak to what are yeah go ahead christy it's it's funny because i lived with a um almost 80 year old woman when i was in grad school i called Mm -hmm. her grammy and she was such a delight and she was mostly deaf and (laughs) anyway um she hook line and sinker Mm -hmm. believed god cares about it more than her Mm. To the like all the mundane things, she would go to the grocery store and she'd be like, "Oh my goodness, apples were on sale!" And like, look at how God cares for me. And I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, Grammy, you're so weird." Um, but she like taught me, embodied that for me. Yeah. That then, when I was a young mom and doing laundry and doing dishes and sweeping my floor and and being like, "Does God see me? Does God care about this?" There was this, oh. Grammy modeled that for me, even though it seemed kind of weird and kind of out there. There was because I did. I believe that only God cared about the big things. That then to see the mundane be played out uh, was a real encouragement. So I just wonder, maybe there's maybe there's young moms that are listening and they're folding <laughs> the laundry and they're like, "Oh my gosh, maybe you just need to hear that." And hopefully, that is good news for you that God cares. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I will just echo this, Christy, is that I've, I learned this axiom from mostly older saints who have endured great tragedy and suffering in their life. And instead of being bitter, and instead of becoming angry, instead of becoming small and closed off, they have this expansiveness of spirit, this indomitable hope. And many of those older saints who've done that are from what we would consider more marginalized or minority communities, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I this, this is how this axiom became clear to me, is that uh, these people got nothing their way. <laughs> 
had everything against them and and somehow through it grew to become mothers and fathers to us about God's care versus um, seizing upon that opportunity to reject that God exists or reject that God cares. And I that is such a, if you've been around a person like that, it is such a powerful witness to the kingdom. Um, and I, I think then we had, then, then we went back to scripture and was like, oh yeah, this is how Jesus lived. <laughs> this is how he operated. And so the, your story just reminds me of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's true. You know, one of the, one of the questions we've been asking, um, you know, is where, where is this axiom sort of difficult for you to really believe or really uh, live out? Um, and I hear um, both of you kind of saying there's in the big tragic things, but also in the small uh, little things, it's hard, it's hard to know, you know, how God is present and at work in the midst of that. Um, I wonder, uh, I wonder if we could double click on that. Um, where, what difference does it make for you? Uh, maybe we can go start with you, Gino, like, because you mentioned this in terms of God being at work in the little things, but what difference does it make for you as you deal with conflict in your community or maybe some other places where it is difficult to believe that God cares about it more than more than you do? What's the difference that that makes to, to believe that God does care more about it? Like practically, yeah. how does it change the way that you engage in those uh, situations? No, that's a good question. I, so what one thing, if it, we're talking about the, the conflict that that makes a difference in how I'm relating to conflict for me, hmm. it starts to open up maybe as I kind of indicated earlier that maybe there's something that that's at work that needs to be worked on in me. Why am I feeling like it's just most important to get this conflict over with? And that would mean like move around the conflict rather than move mm-hmm. through it because I just don't want to feel this. So this is, this is probably becoming a theme as we move through each of these chapters together that I'm continually talking about my need to work through pain and not move around (laughs) pain. Um, But, but then maybe like another aspect is, is another thing, another place where maybe I struggle to believe that God cares about this is in my, my, where I live, there's a lot of gun violence in our city and there's a lot of gun violence in our neighborhood. And there's a lot of gun violence on my block. And, and so I, I hear shootings pretty regularly. Um, and sometimes I'm thinking like, why hasn't this just been resolved? Like, why, mm-hmm. why are we still doing this? And I, mm-hmm. and I think what, what that, that doesn't mean a lack of God's care. It might mean that there's other, other forces at work right. in the world. Yeah. So this, this helps me. This does work in me to recognize this is not a closed system with my ideas about like God acts and then it happens. There's other things happening around here. And perhaps I would do well to pay attention to some of those things, to engage some of those evils and resist Mm -hmm. them. And so Mm -hmm. I think it helps expand my awareness as well. Yeah, that's really good. How about you, Christine? You know, the first thing that came to mind was, um, you know, bigger events that have happened in my life. Um, And what I thought of, one of my kids has like a tumor disorder where he grows tumors, different parts of his body. And he has to always get them biopsied to make sure that they are non-cancerous. And uh, when he was four, he had a surgery. It was when we first found out, but he had a surgery. There were six tumors in his head and... um, it was the night before surgery 
and we had no idea what it was. And at that mm. point, the doctors were like, this is something we are not familiar with. So it wasn't looking good for us. And I remember like really kind of asking God, do you care? Mm. Um, because my mama heart is breaking mm. and there's no way you care about this more than me. Mm. Um, and coming to the realization that he does care brought to me a comfort of not just that he cared, but it coupled with he's present with me. He's with me and I'm not alone. And I think that's what it does for me and for my heart Mm. in believing and pressing into this axiom of God cares more about it than me, whatever it is, whether it's conflict or my kid's, you know, tumor disorder or a job loss or moving or a diagnosis or whatever, the idea that God cares about it brings a comfort of, I'm not alone in this then yeah. um, because someone cares about it more than me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. There's a quote um, from this chapter um, that I think encapsulates uh, a lot of this that, um, that I'll just, I'll just read. I think this, uh, this, it's a, this encapsulates a lot of what um, y'all have been talking about. To say that God cares about all of it more than we do isn't to assert that we always get what we want or that we won't suffer or that bad things won't happen. This axiom isn't a spell we cast to ensure that only good will come to us, but this axiom does enable us to carry the easy yoke of Christianity, learning to trust God's presence and power in our immediate circumstances as an abiding ocean of self-emptying, cross-shaped, others-empowering, cosmos-ruling love. I think that's what you are both naming here, that God's presence with us is a certain kind of presence. Um, it doesn't, it's not a, a magic genie that you know, gives us three wishes. It doesn't give us what we want you know, all the time. But God's presence is uh, love, which we talked about in the first axiom, um, which doesn't always do exactly what we think it's going to do and sometimes takes centuries to work out, <laughs> you know, uh, what we, what we want to be finished in a, in a second. Um, and so learning to trust that, um, God's presence is with us, I think is part of, uh, you know, it's part of this axiom. Yeah. So, um, well, any, like, just to maybe wrap this up, um, any further explorations that y'all would want, well, like what questions does this leave you with? Um, this chapter, anything that you'd want to explore more, um, you know, either here on the podcast today or maybe just in a future edition of the book <laughs> or your own explorations. Yeah. Something that I'm, I'm thinking about just as we're talking and I'm, I'm listening to how our conversation kind of started is mm-hmm. I think that there's, there's a little bit of a distinction between why did something bad happen? And does God care about the bad things that happened? And so those are those might be those are related conversations, but I think That's that true. they are distinct. We might experience them, you know, emotionally in very similar ways, and not, you know, I, I'm not sit, sitting here trying to over intellectualize pain. I'm just saying that I think those are yeah. they, those could be two related but different conversations. So, but I think yeah. they're important to my question, which is when we talk about consent. Um, these are, these are things, these questions about why did this happen? And does God care are things that might block or interfere with our trust to consent to God. And so 
if that makes sense to either or uh, all of you, I'm wondering ways in which you you think about consent in light of those realities that we question. And are we saying that you might you might need to trust God in spite of <laughs> what you're believing or experiencing, or are we yeah. saying God is trustworthy because X Y Z? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I understand where you're. At least here's what fires in my mind when you ask that question, yeah. Gino. Um, I think that to say that God cares about it more than we do, and that God is always present at work, like everything that we've said so far, is not to say that the thing that is happening is good or God's will. And so I think consenting to what God is doing, um, it, it requires discernment because it doesn't just mean accepting circumstances as they are. Like sometimes consenting to how God is, at, and this, this gets back to what you were talking about earlier, Gino, where um, part, part, of, part of God's heart for us is that we would actually participate in what God is doing. Like we participate in the life of God, and that means we become agents of the power of God. We become agents of God's uh, mission and life in the world. And so it's not like yeah. we're working for God, but but the way that God accomplishes God's purpose in the world is not just by waving His hand and things happen. It, it's it's through His empowered uh, creatures through through us, right? His image yeah. bearers. Yeah. And so I do. That's at least what you know. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is what you're getting at, but for me, um, knowing that God cares about things more than I do sometimes needs to empower me to take some action to change something, or to not accept mm-hmm. a certain situation as mm-hmm. a given, but to say, you know what, I need to speak up here. I need to say something. I need, I need to. I need to move in some way. Um, to be faithful to the God who cares about it more than I do. So I don't know if that's where you were going with that, um, but that's what came to mind for yeah, me. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm throwing it out there to try and see where it lands and help me okay. process yeah. through. So there was that's no intended response. Yeah. yeah. The only thing, I'd add, only yeah, thing I'd add to what Ben said is that we've got to remember that these axioms aren't meant to like gaslight you or argue <laughs> right. with you. <laughs> so if if you if you're in a situation right now where you you don't see God's care or don't see God's work, that's okay. Uh, this this axiom actually is holding out, and we we, uh, we we talk about this more in the book. It's holding out. Jesus seemed to live with this assumption always in mind, so he could leave people in one town who hadn't been healed yet, and go to the next. He could go to sleep even though there were still demon possessions and people dying, he could wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a couple stories of people being risen from the dead. Think of all the people that died in his life that he didn't rise from the dead. We don't have stories about. And so so for me, it's more of a what if Mm -hmm. or maybe. And and it's like, it's just an offer. It's a suggestion. When when Jesus lived as though God cared about all of it more than he did, um, or we do, um, he did some fairly audacious things, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he took some real risks, uh, but he also did some things that maybe he wouldn't have done if it had been all up to him or if he was on his own. And so I, I think it's just it's it's just an invitation yeah. to allow that reality to settle in an area of your life and then to ask, what what would be different? 
what would be different? Is that helpful, Gino, Christy? That's great. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. I think most of this conversation has been kind of revolving around believing that we care a lot about a lot of things, even, even the mundane mm. or the big things. Mm-hmm. But to ask the question, um, what about the things that I don't care very much about? Hmm. He still cares more about that. And, and what I'm meaning by that is um, I would say in the last two or three years, my eyes have been opened to some social justice things that I don't think I cared a lot about. Hmm. And God cares more about it than I do. Hmm. And there's comfort in that. And I'm growing and actually wanting my heart to care like he does Hmm. about racism, about uh, minorities, about uh, single moms, about, you know, you fill in the blank. Hmm. My heart, I think, also is challenged by this axiom in that way where... I, I not only want to to name, yes, God cares about it more than me, I also want my heart to grow and say, God, would you would you be growing my heart to care about it like you do? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a great perspective, Christy. What a great prayer. Um, I think there's it's like a dual um, trust there, trusting that God's going to grow my capacity to care. Um, but also tr- for me as well, like to your point, Matt, it helps me to know that when I when I can't care, when it's too much, you know what I mean? Like I, I think of, you know, like, I don't know, you see tragic stuff on the internet all the time now, you know, school shootings or like things like that where it's like, I know God cares about this and this is deeply tragic, but there's like some part of me sometimes that's just like, I don't know if I can bear this, you know, like right now. And I feel shame about that in one sense because, and I, I think there's, part of me that, you know, is trying to avoid, you know, pain and that kind of thing. But I think there's another part of us that's just like, we're just humans. And we actually aren't meant to bear this amount of like daily news about tragedy from all across the world. Like we're not, we we actually can't like sustain that. And part of me is, is comforted knowing that God can, you know, that God, that God can. And so, and then there's a, I think then the prayer becomes to your point, Christy, Help me to know what's mine to care about with you, God, and help me to know how to just trust you that you're taking care of things through other people. Um, but help me know, you know, like grow my capacity to care um, like you do um, about the things that that matter. So it's a good word. Good conversations, y'all. I'm having a ton of fun chatting with you uh, every week as we as we talk about these axioms. Um, I hope I hope you guys will continue because there there are a few axioms to go. Gino, Christy, can we count on you? Can we count yeah, on I'll support? be here. Okay. Right. Yes. Good. Uh, well, good. We've got um, how many more axioms? We've got three more axioms, and we've mm-hmm. got the conclusion of the book. So four more chapters to talk through. Uh, and the is, book launch in the middle of this. In the yeah, the book launch in the middle of this, which is, which is actually uh, we're recording this before the book launch. But Christy, a secret. This this this. Listeners will know this uh, because they just listened to this intro as well. But today, when this episode drops, is the book launch. Woohoo! <laughs> <Whoa>. so, wow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes. Um, today, today, friends, uh, it is the book is available. Um, and so, hey, pick pick it up. We'll we'll leave that just information blew my about. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know like how to. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm excited yeah. about something that already happened that hasn't happened yet. I just feel, <laughs> I don't even know. How to, I don't know. <laughs> that is so, that is so oh, true. Uh, but yes, the book launch uh, has happened, friends. You can get this book wherever books are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get 30% off by using the code gravity. If you buy it from IVP, uh, there's a link in the show notes uh, to that. But I, we do hope that you'll pick this book up and continue to read along with us as we continue this series. It's, like I said, going to be four more weeks. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Axiom 6. God does the same work through us and in us. Mm. And uh, we actually get into um, something, the, the, the spec and the log Yep. Yeah. In this in this chapter, um, something that we've referred to already in this podcast series. So anyway, Gino, Christy, Matt, um, we'll see you next time for our next uh, for our next recording. And um, yeah, that's probably all we need to say. Peace, peace, beloved. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at aaronsturkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.